way did I use you? Do you think I really abused you? On reflection now, it doesn't matter. How, How can, can you say, you say I made you need to? Can't say it now. Can you say it now? It's all so there. It's my act as my calling. I like them. I call it calling. Them ways of calling. Can they ever be given?
We are listening to Open Country Joy from Mahi Beach and Orchestra. The album Birds of Fire, 1974. We're going to continue with Soft Machine. This is Ban Ban Caliban. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. FM.
This next piece is going to be from a band known as Griffin. They were formed at the London School of Music in 1971. If I can find a place here, give this all to you. Yeah. This is the last flash of Gabardine Taylor. By Griffin. From the album Midnight Mushrooms. 1973.
We here at Her Kate's Delirium would like to thank the continuing generosity of our major sponsor, Alfred from Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred has talks by Perkins Warbeck the 23rd, back from the ledge on many occasions. When I thought that true meaning and true fulfillment was not to be had in this earthly dimension, Alfred has always reassured me in the only way that he can that the fight itself is the purpose. I doubt, therefore, I am. When all else fails, and there's very little to hang on to. The very act of doubting the point and purpose of this exotic journey reminds us that we are the rarest of self-aware creatures, possibly unlike anything else in the entire universe. We don't know, but we know we're rare. Consider that as we move into Vandegraaff Generator. This is darkness.
There will be blood on the tracks when all is said and done. But that doesn't mean that ultimately it will not have meant something. Meaning is forged in the moment, not in memory. Through memory, we can impose whatever we want in the past, and we do. It's not a truthful accounting of what happened. It's not a truthful accounting of who you are, who you were at the time. You made a decision to act in accordance with all that you were up to that point in time. If you could have done otherwise, you would have. But you didn't, so you couldn't have. We can accept, forgive, and move on. No, we haven't been hurt intentionally. We haven't been harmed by those who wanted to harm us. They just didn't know otherwise. It was who they were, not a product of conscious choice. Remember that, and it's time to move on and unshackle yourself from the past.
We are going out to the sounds of Dixie, the Dixie Dregs and Steve Morris in a beautiful duet with himself and Rod Morgenstern on violin called Old World. That was the Dixie Dregs. I'm going to sign off and leave it to Tweeka Turner here on March 15th. 2022. I have been Perkins Warbeck. This has been Gates of Delirium, and we are on MutinyRadio.fm. I'll see you next week at 6 o'clock here from the sprawling studios of MutinyRadio.fm. This is Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd, saying good night.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19th, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old. He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic, but the Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um, what, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling, he was like, move it, bitch, move it, bitch, and, uh, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm just not, I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived, why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115 340 one nine seven six. Go for it. Call in, guys.
San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm. Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm. Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for mere fun. Five dollars. 
dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcr. The book that I have on Amazon is called Peace Drums, Jesus Was a Hippie. And um, I love you guys, and thanks for letting me be me. Nobody's complained so far. And it's all being recorded, so, you know, I can make use of these shows, even if I don't get a lot of feedback right now. Uh, But I think I will sooner or later. And um, you guys have a good week. And and go with God. God is with you. There is a supernatural. It does hang out with us. It's just trying to help us. And and it appreciates us. It appreciates the efforts we make to make a peaceful world and to be kind to others, and you know, we get we get a lot of rewards for that. Um, as far as we feel good, it makes us feel good about ourselves that we do all that. So let me see. I will attempt to put on what we had before. I'm not sure how to do it. Where is it? Okay. Oh, here it is. All right. Yay. All right. Click on this and come up again know what it is. Let me pull this up. Where's the drill? Okay, what is this? Okay, good. Is it like a truck? Yeah, it's a big empty truck that carries other trucks. You see how in the future they never move? They (laughs) sit or they get like escorted while they lie on their back. It looks too goofy. Yeah, so when they shot this they were also shooting a TV show, and they had to do different ratios. So what a waste Wait, of a Is there a daughter? Show. Is there a daughter? I'm sorry. No, to but there's Tintin. There's a, there's okay, so the, the like, villain. Wouldn't it be great if there was like a little daughter, and she was all you know, like she'd be in the pool when they were closing it. Dad, Dad, not now, you, Vicky. You can't. That pool is not sanitary if it's underneath. If underneath is a rocket layer, if that's a rocket launcher, you should not have a pool covering it. Who's that dude? Uh, I think that is. That's Virgil. No, that's one. That's Scott. That's Scott. Okay. Okay. Look at the fireworks, man. That's like he's like aggro. Look at that. It ruins the pool exterior. That can't. You would not want to like swim in a smoke encrusted. (laughs) Yeah, encrusted is right. Okay, now this is Thunderbirds too, but it's a truck. Yeah, it's a heavy transporter. So it's heavily okay. carrying number th- that, that green thing. And his, like, so it's under the pool, cosmetic, I guess. And this is, like, under hollowed out brick wall. And not, and not only does he beat the well, back hollowed gate, out but... mountain, like rock, I guess. Yeah, okay, so here comes one. Oh, now this is three. This is the spaceship. Who it's already it? a satellite. That but... is Alan. Alan. It Alan is. is the star of the show. I'm very proud of Alan. We're all very proud of Alan. Okay, wait. Is oh. Alan three? Thunderbirds three? Alan is three. Yes, you're, you're taking notes. Gordon, Dad, can I go? Well, I don't think there's going to be any underwater things in space, so no. That's a Gordon. He's four. <laughs> okay, what was Alan in? 
Not a rocket, like a plane. No, like he is in a space rocket. Okay, not a takeoff like a Saturn V rocket. He's like in a spaceship. Yeah, he's going to be monitoring. Like he's going to overwatch it. Like they're 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 going to be like babysitting. They're going to be hanging around, making sure this this flight works. Working security. Yeah, right. Nothing happens. Now, so I should mention another character who doesn't show up until twenty five minutes of the film. Her name is Tintin. Okay. And she she's an engineer there. She works there. Her dad is Kentaro, and then her uncle <laughs> is Mike, the hood. This is no truck. This is no truck. I'm trying to tell you that the the villain's niece works at the institute as an engineer. Oh, is that look, look like Gordon. a kind of thing? Hey, check out the submarine. Do you like the submarine action? Ah, uh-huh, <laughs> yes. All uh-huh. has got to hang out. Here's, here's Tintin. Yes. I did it. Is Tintin just a stereotype? She's very beautiful. Yes. I don't really, I'm trying to follow the story. Another fan thing I watched was Jerry Anderson Primers, which is on YouTube. And it has, you know, that internet flat voice talking guy. But they do every single production the guy's done. Because one thing I did for my research, Carl, is I watched The Many Worlds of Jerry Anderson, which were <laughs> pilots that he did after in the 70s. Uh-huh. He had one of the, the Thunderbird puppeteers was a live-action cop in Space Cop. And all space of his police. pilots were puppets? What's that? All of his pilots were puppet shows? No. So there okay. was one. Of, so after, I think after Scar, no, he did Joe 90, I think, might have been the last puppet one. Until then, he did UFO. The investigator was hybrid live action puppet. Mm-hmm. This alien wants to investigate Earth, so he turns a couple into puppets and they go and they uh, follow evil people and say, Why are you greedy? So greedy. Look at it. Were we seeing human hands? Yeah. And now we're seeing so- rubber hands. So so basically, he needs he needs uh, some of his international agents. So he goes to the only one. Penelope. Okay, which is Penelope. Okay. Because in England it's four o'clock. It must be tea time. So the tea kettle has a uh, intercom or something. So that spies. she's just this walking stereotype too. She's like over rich, and she has her chauffeur is like a comedic relief. As a kid, I would remember the Porter uh, Parker. Look at this. Such drama. What's going to happen? Ooh, how dramatic. Someone's in the lounge. How can the director indicate it? How about you just have a model ring a bell? You rang. You rang. And here we go. Listen to Parker's voice. I called Apple. We're taking off for America with Fab 1. Anita. Oh, I guess not. F1 is Fab 1. They're all going to say FAB. As a sign off instead of ten four, and F-A-B. she, I don't know what it stands for, but her car is a Fab One, and it's a pink Rolls Royce that has a machine gun in the grill, and some cool James Bondian shit. Now wait, you told me Thunderbirds Two was a truck. You said yes, yes, uh huh, yeah, yes, right, yes. uh huh. It trans, it's, it transports like a truck. It's gonna land. Wheels will come out. No, it, it carries shit. Right, it's, it's, a, it's a 
It's okay. called a transporter, right? Heavy transporter, because it transports like. All right, I'm gonna like call it. So, a truck carries shit, right? A Same truck thing. certainly carries shit on its wheels. All right, good press conference. All right. Oh no, thanks. They uh, he did he did Twizzle. He did another kids show, and he said, "Fuck it, I want to do my own properties." Uh-huh. So he had stuff like Supercar and Stingray, and they were like black and white shows, but they would sell to America. And one of the guys who's selling it, you know him from The Muppet Show, the producer of The Muppet Show, his name is Lou Grade, L-E-W-G-R-E-D-E. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Okay, so there is a astronaut interview. So they're interviewing the Mars people. And okay. she's a spy, and the interview is that they use those phones from the bars in the 80s where you sit down and you call another table to talk to a guy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so this is how the press – she's posing as a press uh, journalist, and she's saying – she's saying, listen, I'm part of FAB, F-A-B. Uh, I'm going to give you something. That's absolutely fabulous. I would like to tell my readers that you'll be wearing it during the time. So I want you to wear. Yeah. So it's neat. It, it's not a rotary phone. Like I want to say, look, guys, it's a rotary phone from right. history. But no, it's that some of their fancy. There you go. You got a package. Okay, check out the hands. Ready for the hands? Real hands yeah. coming up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And roll them. That's a I perfectly good Spiegelman hand. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, put it in there, you freak. Okay, now the hand's Everybody back. Everybody gets that reference to fish burgers. <laughs> That's now, why I like, like the bony features of the hand. Hand chopping network. You can find that on Fish Burgers YouTube. And there's a note. Dun dun dun. Penelope. Don't be so obvious. What are you, tacky? There's the hand again. Creepy. <laughs> oh, my God. So basically, that's a bug. Now they can monitor what's going on. And if but there's why any does danger... Vincent agree to do it? He's not a spy. No, but he's concerned. I don't know if he was the one who was against, but, you know, as one of the Americans, Mars space out, robots. Here it is. Wait, Second time. Again, this time we've this... got security. We got H. We got a TB1 Thunderbird two. So what is John doing during all of this? Because it was John's Gordon in outer space. Out. We don't communicate with John. Okay. Until later, which now is there's bizarre. Scott. They're Alan. That's Alan in three. He's in outer space, and they're talking to Alan. They're not even talking to John. Okay. Okay. So Alan is doing all of John's work. Oh, check out this fucking car. Still don't know who John is. John is the fifth brother. Right. And who is currently in a space satellite orbiting the Earth. Oh, that that's Thunderbird that 5? Called, yes, that's 5. Thunderbird 5 is a space, space orbiting. Space station, okay. Yeah. Not to be, what's confused, I get him confused with Alan, who has a space rocket. Right, right, right. And Alan's more go-to. I just saw Rolls Royce today in real in real life. I was walking around my block for my health, and there was a Rolls Royce passing. Do you know what I did? What did I you do? 
I snubbed it. I made sure I didn't look at it. I made sure the driver knew I was not checking out the Rolls Royce. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Don't give him that pleasure. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I, I, I made it clear that I had my headphones on and I put my hoodie, you know. It's a pink Rolls Royce. Okay, so now they are uh, getting, they're monitoring. They have the lapel bug. Yeah. And they're going to, they communicate. Oh, here comes the communication. See, they don't, she doesn't even understand. Face of the future, there's a Whoa. TV monitor right there. It's um, FaceTime? Was it? FaceTime. She's FaceTiming him. Yeah. Do you have an iPhone, Mike? Well, I, you know, my car has a Zoom monitor under the seat, so you can continue your Zoom conference calls while driving. And when I Uber, people get in, they transfer My car has Zoom an ejector call. seat on, uh -huh. on Sandy's side. Your right foot? On on Sandy's side. Oh, Sandy's side. Okay, now check this out. Hey, Dr. Grant. How about you? Are you okay? You okay, Dr. Grant? Hang on. You know COVID's over. You don't need to wear a mask. Oh, no. Oh, it's the hood. Some security Thunderbirds. The guy's got yeah, a smartphone. Who brings a fucking gun to a Mars? Put up your hands. No, no, no. The fake hands. Put up the fake hands. Oh. Uh oh. Meet Borp. Blurp. <laughs> now, a lot of these are, are models. Like, they went to model kits and took pieces. A lot of them are, like, toothpaste, tube jar, uh, lids or whatever. They did whatever they could. Okay, here we go. Now he's uh, not in do. fab, right? She's in fab. She's fab, yeah. Right. Well, she ends everything with fab. Let's see if we hear her say it. Look at all this techno garb gibberish. FAB. That's the FAB. Oh, they don't say. Okay, take this out. They say FAB. In a motor car. I was like, in America? Is in a motor car. <laughs> in America. In a motor car? So he was on a spaceship going to Mars, wearing Whoa! a mask and holding a gun. One of the guys gets wind of it. He runs off, hops off the space shuttle, gets to the ground floor where the spies are waiting for him. He gets into his car, and now we have the shootout. Okay. This, this car chase. Take that, you fucking fabbit! You know, NASA does have a gun turret at the entrance. <laughs> gun turret? <laughs> a little okay. extreme. All right, the real doctor, real Doctor Grant, is in this building. Ah, granted. Granted. I think we take that doctor for Grant. Immediately, and locate the whereabouts of Doctor Grant. We don't know his condition, but providing he's okay, bring him over to Central Control immediately. And that's my orders. Grant, no. Pierce, Trevor, Martin, Brad, Newman, Newman, Jerry. Newman. He's got a good start, that is, lady. Oh, my God, that's horrible. That's his Cockney accent? Oh, that's Yeah, so horrible. there's the hood going. But, you know, he's ugly, and he sounds ugly. It's fun. They're imperfect puppets. I know. It, he, it is fun. He sounds like he. it's like the 1860s, and he's in a horse 
carriage, you know. Oh, milady, governor. I mean, it's so cockney. I just, I just feel like all these people, even these Americans oh, right yeah. here, uh, in real life would be a little slovenly, right? They're a little off. Like, an, oh, how'd you find out about it? Well, I don't know. Oh, he goes, I guess Lady Penelope's good luck charm is not going to help me anymore. Those are the ground. It was a transistor. It was good luck all along because it was, wait, but, you so know, wait, he wasn't part of it. He was, he got tricked. She gave him a trinket saying, here's a good luck trip for Mars. Once you wear this metal thing in outer space, he's like, great. Okay, okay what are they so going to do, Carl? The boat, obviously, with the fake thing underneath, went away. Whoa, you can't do No. Oh, Jesus you are Christ. fired. You are fucking fired. No, as kids would be like, this makes sense, right? This makes total sense. It's a motor. It has a hydro lift or something. Is that a Jesus car? Because it's driving on water. On water, because the little models can't really show it otherwise. Whoa! There it is. Look at that the hydrofoil. Uh oh! It's that dude who hopped off the rocket. I don't understand this guy. He doesn't show up after this scene, Carl, for the rest of this oh, movie. And this weird. is a long movie. Here we are, watching it again. And he's part of Hydra, Hail Hydra. I hate when they put this on. There's no feeling. Right? Sorry, milady, we've about. got a flat. Yeah, I thought we'd go on the water just for the halibut. <laughs> you see, the trauma is just the models, the action in the background. Like, you know, it's right, exciting. The speed. You can see the clouds behind them. All right, now, once again. Seen this. It's again the second time, and it's the same police cars. I think, as a director, and as a you know, just as a, he shouldn't show us that again. Exactly, you know. Whoa! Miss, 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 miss. How can they miss? And who is shooting at them, Carl? I know the Hood. Is this the Hood's organization? Oh, okay. So it's not Hydra. It's Hood. The Hood. But, no, or the guy's name. The guy's name is The Hood. Okay. So there's no organization. I don't know who this is in this helicopter. Okay. Permission to shoot the helicopter, me lady. Yes, Parker. <laughs> I give you permission make to a, shoot the... Make a U-turn. What? Now, my lady. Now, Paka. Now, Here it is. Look out in the future. Everyone has a gun. Right? Look at that screen. A little fire plane. Stupid the, I can't hear you. Just shoot me already. <laughs> On the first go, Carl. It's going to crash right into them. It's going to crash. So we, that's for sure. And the oily water, it exploded before <laughs> it landed. Whoa, I love that effect. Get away from it. Burning water. It's the oil and water. It, the explosion happened before it landed, and then another explosion happened in front of it. <laughs> and I have no idea who's in this helicopter. It's the fourth time watching this movie. I don't know. 
did he take off the hat out of respect to the oh there it goes there it is it's going zero to mars x. there goes zero x why they go to mars they gotta get dr pierce what do you mean dr pierce is on mars well there that's there's five five men on this yeah but they're going right. to mars they're going to mars dr grant dr pierce Trevor, martin brad newman yeah, Captain Paul Trevor here, Captain <laughs> Space Captain Greg. That's the thing. Like, one captain is gonna do like Earth, and then once they hit the space, he's like, "Move over, it's my turn to drive." Oh really? <laughs> oh, the space captain. Now this is just gonna go on. Okay, hey, look. So there's uh, Alan. Scott. Scott. No, Alan. No, Alan. Alan. Ugh, I keep messing that up. Alan is in the spaceship. And now we like Alan. Alan is the hero of this movie. We couldn't do everything out without Alan. Oh. <laughs> there is one funny scene with these three puppets that I'm going to try to find. Okay. But one of the puppets, I think it's Bob or what have you, uh, sacrifices himself. He he stays on, Brad. Uh huh. Or what? Not or Bob Paul. And one of them, and I don't know if it's it's Bob, but one of them departs. Goes, bye, Paul. <laughs> like it's just like he's like, I'll I'll stay here. You guys go. And he's like, bye, Paul. Funny. L B lift. Oh, that was another hand. Yeah, and a glove. Whoa. Oh. In the future, technology are just buttons to say for, against, open. <laughs> no other purpose. Zero it's like your phone is one out. All right. Well, so things are good. So now we're going to Mars. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Where did I put my – oh, there we go. If they shun you from Mars, if you're not allowed on Mars, you're Martian. Whoa! Fish burger. Okay, a lot of techno gibberish. I'll tell you, this guy... Jerry Anderson, one of the things I really like about him is that for episodic television and for these movies... The stories always swing big. Okay. You know, there's always so much story, and there's so many organizations, and someone involved, and they're going to Mars, they're doing this. And <laughs> yeah, you never remember the you remember the story. Like, so from what I understand, Thunderbirds the form the formula was you would have ten minutes of a family, and Jerry yeah. Anderson said we want the children to relax and see a family, and there's nothing going on, and then ten minutes into it, there's peril. Right. The the Volcano blows up, or the train starts to falter, and they need international rescue, and they come in. And there's always a deadline. Yeah, there's always like, you got two minutes to get this done. The timer's on. They always have like this extra gravitas, and there's explosions constantly. And they save them at the end. And then that's the end. Here, you know, it starts off with with zero X, so it's not really a family. Right, 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 right. But here we are. Okay, now here, now this is the this is where this movie goes off the deep end. 
They're okay. gonna slap each other's back. So they did it. They got the, the fucking zero X and to go to Mars. It's off to Mars, and they're successful. It's gonna take them like twelve weeks to get to Mars. And Hood didn't. Twelve weeks. Hood tried this. I don't know what his stake was other than general sabotage. Okay, yeah, I had to wait for Parker to park the car for me to make this call. <laughs> Saboteur. You fucking sabot. How did it go? She goes, F-A-B. Does not explain what that fucking means at all. <laughs> okay. There's a fab nightclub called the Swinging Star in my hotel. You want to go? And then Virgil pops up. Hey, I couldn't help but over here. Can I go? <laughs> of course. And then wait. I sure am. Now, here comes young Alan. 24-year-old, but acts like a fucking whiny baby Alan. Oh, he's okay. going to catch okay. wind that they're all going to the sh shooting star. Where? Kind of nightclub. Kind of nightclub. We're just going out. Well, that work. Look at it. So Alan is like, he doesn't need to walk. He's just using the Space Age couch to move him over there. And speaking of Space Age, they're all talking through the portraits, so you don't see them moving. Right, you see Now Alan's eyes. hopping on. He's saying, give the boys a break. They'll be fine tomorrow. They've been doing it. All right, I'll have a nightclub, you say. Have a good time. Ah, all right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I've had a for some time here. Now, here Whoa. comes Alan.
All right. How are we doing, everybody? Can you hear me, Nick? Are you on the air? Yeah, good Christ. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the full half an hour of an hour-long radio show. <laughs> well, it is typically two hours, but uh, traffic was awful tonight, and uh, that is completely my fault. We're learning things. Um, for anybody who is listening and is like, what the hell is going on? This is the Badgers and Jam podcast coming on. It is our third week recording. I also have Raphael Wolfgang here. Uh, he just walked in. Can you hear me? He, we can hear you. Okay, cool. How's it going, everybody? It is going great. Go ahead. Hey, say something else. Who, who tell us about yourself. Let me let me get that mic set up the right way for you. Here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. It's Raphael Wolfgang here. I gotcha. Uh, Bay Area. Oh, that was it. Okay. <laughs> you can finish what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you're done talking now. <laughs> I just, hey, I figured out the mic. Anyway, so we today go. we have a real <laughs> guest, you guys. We have a real guest on the air with us from Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Rafi is also a wonderful guest. He'll be here regularly <laughs> commenting. <laughs> Yeah, not the real guest. Not though. to overshadow. The real guest is uh, I live is with you. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is facts. But this is facts. Uh, we have Nick Gonzaga on the air. Um, the elusive Nick Gonzaga. That's what I like to call him anyway. And uh, yes. yes. And Nick, you I'm are. I'm like the JD Salinger of dick jokes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We can go. That's how we can introduce you for the whole show. Just no other explanation needed. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nick hosted with me on uh, KDIF uh, in Arizona, which was a dope. Uh, we had a dope radio show called Gone's After Curfew, and it was out of like an abandoned school nurse's office, which was really you started that and brought me into it. It was not my thing. That was all you. And then you kind of like introduced. Yeah, me I was to gonna this. say uh, you were. <laughs> I was gonna say the show was like named after me, wasn't it? Yeah, it was named after you, but like we, you know, it was our like it was our thing. Aside from like, truthfully, you, you, I could you, not have done it without you. Yeah, I'm not you, a good computer guy. You had these like amazing bursts of inspiration, and you would just stay there for like six hours after we would record a show, and you would like. You called me one night and you were like, I scrapped the whole recording of our show and I put together this thing called the Watergate episode, and I was like what <laughs> it was awesome yeah. though. it was really dope but yeah it was um it was cool you were the you were really the the driving force behind like every show's itinerary theme and like talking points and i was really like designing and kind of documenting everything and then also they're talking with you but you really brought the show um i i did my best i did my best i i had some good ideas um but I, I shit, man. I, I wish they would have paid us for it because I would have done it forever. And I feel like you and me were the only ones like trying to do anything with that. I remember we got like in touch with the news, and they were like, "Yeah, we want to come down to the station and like do a story about your radio station." And they were like, "Oh no, don't don't invite anybody here." I'm like, "Nobody. There's four people listening, and two of them work here." So. <laughs> Do you want exposure? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Raphael's also laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, because mm. that's, like, kind of, we, like, I was just talking to the host that is on the show before me. She has Peace Drums, um, and her name is Joan. She's really cool. Or, like, her show is about, is called Peace Drums. And um, mm -hmm. we were just saying, like, we need to get some, some good data on how many people are listening because 
old joke and be like, we don't know how many people are actually listening. But then we have like comedians who will, you know, write in and, and chat when there's technical issues. So like we know that we have a community around us. But yeah, like I want to get more exposure too. We had an open mic where, though where a taxi driver drove by the station and he was like, I'm listening to the open mic right now in the in the cab. Which was so dope. What the fuck? Yeah, like on yeah, the that street. Was super cool. It was really. I think Raphael might have been the one on stage when it happened. Uh, I yeah, think I think at KDIF we back. had like a one mile radius of like uh, a band. I don't know what you would call it, but uh, it didn't get very far. If you passed baseline, you couldn't hear the station anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I like had a one mile listening radius. I had a couple of people who were like, I can't, I, it's not working for me. And I was like, well, you're too far. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to tune in on the internet. Otherwise, you can't hear it on, like, the real radio, even though, like, we're a radio station. So you're going to get, like, listener data, and then it's going to turn out, Emily's like, the good news is we have a following. The bad <laughs> news is they're all damn dirty hippies with no money. I mean, that's the same. Um, it seems like no matter where you start a radio show, that seems to kind of be the case. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the I, only know, way you can go down is if it's AM. <laughs> right. We're calling, or you're calling us right now. You're calling the deep mission of San Francisco. So it's really not deep that different mission. from the vibe that we had in South Phoenix. Deep mission sounds like a porno. It kind of is on the streets. Huh. <laughs> yeah, two girls, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, speaking of pornos, you've been making some cool videos lately. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have with uh, the company that I that I manage uh, the warehouse for. Um, they have well, uh, our marketing is not very good. So I was like, uh, yeah, I could probably put something together, and uh, I I made a few videos, and they're like, holy shit, this is really good. Um, can you do more? And I was like, well, can you pay more? So, <laughs> so they are paying so, you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm billing them. I, I'm technically a contractor. So uh, I'm billing for it, but, um, you know, I could be getting paid more. But since, uh, since I started doing it, our, our sales have, have definitely shot up because our uh, our Instagram presence and Facebook and TikTok are are getting a lot more views uh, since I started producing content. So, so that's always a good thing. I could always use uh, a few less holes in my socks, I guess. So. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the truth. I mean, that's it, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's like part of the whole the idea behind this show, right? Is talking about things like that that kind of apply to all different crafts, you know, but also apply to comedy because we do a lot of comedy here at um, right. Mutant. But it's like that's true for for pretty much anything, right, is the, the impact of, like, doing that kind of self-promotion, but then it's also, like, what is the impact for you and, like, which I want to get into. Um, I was going to say, too, like, how we met for everybody listening is pretty funny. So <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you wanna do you wanna describe that or should I describe? You know, I have a joke about that place now. Yeah, you were like, uh, Jesus Christ, Emily was a literal child. Um, okay, that's how we're going. <laughs> started working at this office how times um, that I worked at. 
It was a terrible job. It was a terrible job. Um, but uh, Emily started working there, and then she was, uh, like, the only one that was under 40. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hey, you're a good computer person. We could use someone who's good with computers. So um, you st- I guess you, you st- I think you started on the phones with the rest of us peasants. And then you got booted up to live chat, and then I came shortly after because they're like, oh, this guy, we got to keep him away from, like, the general public. <laughs> and then, um, and then, <laughs> yeah, that was a wild ride. Yeah, that place is, uh, they're out of business, which is funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, I wrote that, like, seven-page fucking resignation letter. Oh, my <laughs> God. You should, honestly, you should tell that story. This is the greatest quitting I've ever seen of somebody at a business. And I do have a joke about this, and it includes, like, it includes sending the guy the hamburger ingredients on live chat, like, peace apps, throwing key cards at me, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, that was wild. I I remember, like, the last, like, six months we were there, I just didn't give a fuck. And you were smart. You left before all of us. You are like, all right, I'm doing something else. And I, I remember we used to like harass you on Facebook and send you like photo, like a uh, little uh, screen grabs of your email that was like Emily has been away from her live ch- or from her uh, uh, instant messenger for uh, seventy two days. <laughs> We'd just be like, where are you at? Oh, and then you like had that typo in your name too. It said emaily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when I resigned. Um, I did it pretty smart. What I did was I found another job, and then the day I was supposed to start the new I had like 108 hours of PTO saved up. So I convinced, like, the new manager that I was going to take, like, a two-week vacation. And then when all of the vacation time was, like, spent, I just started calling out sick every day until all of my sick time was spent. And then, like, the day I came back, I, I was planning on quitting around noon at lunch, but I was so hungover, I just said, fuck it, and hit send on that email that I drafted, like, for the, the previous, like, seven months. Um, and I sent it, uh, like, nationwide to the entire, literally, like, everybody in the entire It was company. a work of art. It was so many paragraphs, and it was very well-spoken. Like, it was the first time I felt like I really... I've seen you shine a few times, like when you do impressions or you really fucked with like one of the managers, but aside from that. Oh, man. That's still one of my proudest moments uh, was quitting that job. And then um, when that, like the manager that was supposed to take over, um, by the way, I found out from uh, a mutual friend of ours who was in a supervisor position. He told me that morning, he goes, Dude, um, just FYI, when Jen takes over in a few days, like, she is planning on shit-canning you. So you, whatever you're going to do, you better do it quick. <laughs> if I was smart, I would have let her fucking fire me because then I could have collected uh, unemployment. But I didn't give a shit. I already started a new job. And I was getting double paychecks for, like, for like almost a month, like, leading up to quitting. So I quit, and then she, I saw her, like, coming down the hallway, um, so I told her to go fuck herself, and then I lit a cigarette just as the elevator doors were closing. FYI, and guys, then, uh, this is not a bit. This is really Nick's life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as the doors opened again when I got to the ground floor, 
I was like, oh, shit, she is petty enough to call the cops. Because I remember they had just outlawed smoking in Arizona uh, around then. So I just ran for my life for the bus stop. And uh, it was like an Indiana Jones movie. It just showed up right when I needed it. <laughs> and then I got on the bus and then I went home. And, uh, yeah, I threw up, uh, like, you know, shortly after I got off the bus because I had to run and I was hungover. Um, so oh, shit. That's how that went. And yeah. now they're bankrupt and they're closed. And, um, yeah, all of those people can eat a dick. Um. <laughs> The, like the the comic value in your resignation letter was so strong, and that's what's mm. that's why. So I wanted to have you on the show just because I think you're such an interesting, like, human, you know. But it's also yeah. it's hard to know what to call you because you creatively reinvent yourself like every so often, you know, in different ways. And like, what the last time I saw you in person was for like a video game night, and then you played the didgeridoo for us. But then like, <laughs> Rafi's like, yeah, because Rafi, Rafi plays the didgeridoo for sleep apnea. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, well, you <laughs> didn't have funny. to make it sound less cool. <laughs> I paused to yeah. see if you wanted to interject, and you just looked at me. I just Rafi plays the, dim- the didgeridoo to cure his erectile dysfunction. <laughs> that's worse. You could, yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. But uh, what I was going to say is the secret to constantly reinventing myself is um, continuous periodic trauma. That's the secret, folks. Well, that's the secret to becoming a comedian. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Is just uh, have your life ruined over and over again and then make fun of it. We did. Uh, we got into some like serious topics last week that I, I didn't even like. I asked, um, I had two other local comedians on that. Rafi and I are, uh, we love as friends, but also I think we're very, very talented. It's Emma Brennan and Mark Neuer were here. And um, I was asking them how they got into comedy, and we ended up like getting into some real shit. Because it's always, it feels like it's always real shit behind some things that you think would be the most lighthearted crafts, right? Like, I, that may not be the most eloquent way to say it, but like, I was watching, I binge watch weird stuff on YouTube all the time. And I was watching uh, the David, the secret. The truth, or whatever dark truth behind David Blaine's magic, uh-huh. and um, yeah, that dude has like a seriously dark past. Just like yeah, he's a weirdy. Yeah, I mean he's it's cool, but it's like it's wild, you know. Like he's been through a lot of pain. I think that's just no. like a commonality. D- David Blaine is a creep. Like, <laughs> I, if, like have you seen interviews with him? He is a creepy man. <laughs> like. If he Hot wasn't like an from inc- Rafi. if he wasn't an incredible magician, uh, dude, have you seen interviews with him? He talks like a fucking I don't know. He's got like this real slow drawl, and he's got these. I mean, dead he's eyes. put himself through some incredible things. Like he has to have brain damage. All all I'm saying is I oh I'm pr- dude, one thousand. I am ninety percent confident women get uncomfortable around David Blaine. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. You'd be an just to build off of that. Yeah, if he wasn't an incredible magician, I would be like, is this guy on a fucking watch list or like (laughs) is he legally allowed to be around this school? Yeah, like his he has the personality of a sex offender. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Mm. He has the uh, he has the sex appeal of a school bus buyer. This is when I really need my Chris Hansen impression to be better. I've been working on it. Yeah, you've been working on it. Why don't you have a seat? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. 
I love you a Wait, you do, you do a pictures pictures from your webcam, Nick. Are you sure? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Hansen's like, I'm looking at the transcripts. It says, I'd like to see you in cowboy boots. <laughs> Dude, yes. You're, you've always that been the best. Good. and He's always been the best at impressions. And he used to make weird voices at me at the call center, too. And we were laughing earlier because <laughs> he said 2.0, ready to go. We used to work next to each other on the phones. And it was like like I considered stabbing myself in the eye with a pencil like multiple times a day. And Nick would always just be like, 2.0, ready to go. And he would, like, turn around in his chair and, like, slap his stomach at me. And, like, <laughs> and then I remember yeah. you were, like, saying weird stuff about feet for a while. And then I wore flip-flops. And I was like, I don't have cute feet. And you were like, brr! And you made this horrible noise. And you, like, spun around in your chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. But, you know, I've grown and matured. Um, you know, all I can say to that is, hell, yeah, I suck toes. <laughs> no, that's getting chopped up for an audio clip later, 100%. Um, <laughs> a man grows. Um, well, what were you going to say? What, what did you, you – I, I got a hat, by the way, Emily. I just got a hat for my birthday, and Dude. it's a picture of Zoidberg in the rowboat, and it just says, I broke your television. I was about to be like, will you do Zoidberg? Do you want, like, the full Zoidberg story? You don't have to do the whole story. I was just going to be like, will you just, like, bust out something weird? I don't know. I mean, I could bust it out, but I think the story is important. So okay, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, give the, I'll try to give the abridged version here. So the guy the who does is... Zoidberg's voice, Billy West, he, uh, he, he used two different voices to make Zoidberg's voice. So the first one is... Uh, is a, an actor named Ed Wynn who, like, he played the uh, he played the Mad Hatter for, like, Disney's uh, Alice in Wonderland. So he's the guy that's like, happy birthday! <laughs> um, wait. <laughs> uh, but then there's also Lou Jacoby, who was in this movie, and he has, like, a really deep, like, marble mouth kind of voice that's like, I'm sorry I stole from the children. So Lou Jacoby's one of the voices, but then the other voice, um, the other voice is, uh, oh Christ, if I can remember who it is, it, it was another, uh, it's another famous actor, um, but anyway, uh, you put the two together, I fucked the whole thing up, whatever, you scrapped it. <laughs> uh, but, I liked it, I liked it. Yeah, but the other voice, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but, um. But anyway, you put the two voices together and you get, Young lady, bring me a sandwich from the dumpster. <laughs> Zoidberg could eat, maybe. It's awesome, right? That's a really good impression. <laughs> I've been telling you yeah, for a while. Best. You do good ones. Yeah. Oh, and George Jessel was the other voice. He, he, like, he was like a vaudeville actor, too. But he would be like, uh, he would tell these like really shitty, corny jokes that were, like, really edgy in the 30s. They'd be like, hello, Mama, it's me, your son George, from the week. Like, you know, his, his mom forgot who he is. And then, yeah, you know, you mix that with Lou Jacoby that's like, I'm sorry, I stole from the children. And that's how you get, young lady, bring me a sandwich from the dumpster. <laughs> Dude, they're so good. That's, like, your best one. You did. Who was it that did the Family Guy one? That was um, 
That was one of the guys from Calabrese, right? Oh, you know what I didn't? Oh, know? Bob. Yeah. Bob I... does a really good Joe. Yes. Uh, yeah, Bob does a really good Joe from Family Guy. And then one of my new ones is just uh, Larry from the Three Stooges. <laughs> You're about to do it. Be careful, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Rock him. <laughs> and now I broke your face off dishes. Dude, I couldn't even tell if that was a good impression or not. I haven't seen the Three Stooges since 1930. It was a good impression. Was it? <laughs> Wait, how old are you? <laughs> I'm oh 26. Lord. Oh, Christ. You guys are... Yeah, you're a child. Well, I... Where'd you find him, Emily? You've been hanging out to fucking preschool. Okay, and now I've been outed on the radio. <laughs> no, no. That was the whole thing, like, when we started working together. I think I was 26, and Emily was, like, 17. And uh, that was, that was like, me and Ezra's job was, like, to keep the creepy Mormons away from Emily. There was one creepy Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and you guys didn't keep him away from me. I made up a story and left his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that you like hung out with him. I was like, why did you do that? Just because he see, he was very earnest. I don't know. Yeah. But then was, I was uh, like, this dude is like just very. I I just look. I don't want to out somebody on the radio. Or something embarrassing. Oh yeah, he deleted me like in. <laughs> I want He deleted me after Obama got reelected. Well, he like quit his job and then decided to go work at Jimmy John's. Which honestly, wait, where did he go work? Jimmy John's. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But I remember he was like such a bro, but like he was like fully. Like, he was, like, fully committed to, like, the religion in, in the sense that, like, he didn't drink caffeine, like, no Red Bull or coffee or anything like that. He didn't smoke weed, but he was, like, such a bro. And I was like, are you sure you don't smoke weed? And he was like, yeah, bro, I, I don't do any of that stuff. He really did, yeah. Looking back now, it does, he does seem like the type of person who would have. Yeah. I thought he did, but I guess he didn't. But that's neither here nor there. I wonder if he makes a good sandwich. Hopefully. Risen to I mean, that you think. Good standard in life. So, <laughs> why, what gets you so interested in, like, studying, like, the blending of the voices that go into a character? Or, like... What are some great characters that inspire you? You know, um, I think a big part of it was like, it's. It, did you ever see the movie Cable Guy? Uh, I think so. Maybe like um, once if I saw it, but it, I mean, I don't really vividly remember it. So part of the story of that movie is that, um, like, his his mom was never home, so all he did was watch TV. And that was kind of like how I grew up. It was like very little supervision, which uh, in part kind of explains why I was such a feral child. Um, but I like I grew up listening to the radio and watching TV and just like trying to mimic um, 
trying to mimic everything that I saw and heard. And I mean, if you would have told me 30 years ago when I was like eight years old that, that, you know, somebody would eventually pay me to do shit like this, I, I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have believed it. Albeit, you know, it's not like I'm making Jeff Ross money or anything. But, um, bro, Jeff Ross but, is yeah, the weirdest like example. <laughs> that guy is <laughs> yeah. like a lizard now. I mean, he's rich as fuck, <laughs> but like, he's so weird. <laughs> <coughs> Dude, What's even like funnier is 10 years ago, <laughs> if I would have said, uh, it's not like I'm making Jeff Ross money, people would have laughed. <laughs> but geez, that fucker's blown up since uh, Norm and Bob and Gilbert all died. We should open up an FBI file into Jeff Ross. He probably killed those fuckers. But anyway, <laughs> um, I just, uh, like, I just grew up mimicking all that stuff. I remember, like, um, like the Three Stooges thing was one of them. Um, just, uh, uh, there's like one of them I've been playing with lately is, uh, is Vincent Price. You know who Vincent Price is? I could. He died way before you guys were born. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely before your boyfriend was born. But, um, okay. <laughs> Vincent Price, Vincent Price was, uh, he was like, um, he was always in scary movies, so he's the uh, the main star in like the original House on Haunted Hill, um, the Wax Museum, all these old scary movies from like the fifties and sixties, and and he would be in um, uh, he would be in these scary movies with like Boris Karloff and and Peter Lorre, um, and Peter Lorre is the guy who Billy West modeled uh, Ren's voice from Ren and Stimpy. That's that's actually a funny segue. So Ren is is modeled after Peter Lorre, and, and Stimpy is actually um, a very happy Larry from the Three Stooges. 